And welcome back to the Word Encounter, episode 75. We concluded with 2 Kings yesterday, and so today we're going to start in 1 Chronicles. And so um, Chronicles is very interesting. Uh, we have to put this, we have to frame this and put this into perspective here. Um, <clears throat> so Chronicles addresses the same time period that 1 and 2 Samuel and 1 and 2 Kings addresses. And so, uh, but they're written uh, by, uh, at different times by different authors. Now, as tradition would have it, uh, it, it seems as though that Jeremiah may have written Kings and Ezra may have written Chronicles, but we don't know that for sure. Uh, but it's written uh, at different times to different groups of people and for different reasons or for different purposes. Um, uh, Samuel and Kings is, uh, can be a detailed um, history of the consequences of sin, if you will, uh, as far as what the, uh, what the bad kings had done and, and how uh, the kings were, were punished and the people were punished because of the action of the kings. And uh, we see a, a, detailed, a detailing of, of David and, and Solomon and the northern kings and the southern kings and, and everything that had uh, gone about in those times. And, well, we saw the civil war between the north and the south. We saw the, um, uh, the Samaria being the northern kingdom being carried off um, to Assyria. And then about 150 years later, thereabouts, we see Judah being carried away to Babylon because of, because of its sin. And so, um, you know, it, this whole time span between uh, Solomon's uh, building of the temple and uh, the splitting of the kingdoms and then the exiles is about 400 years, about, you know, 200 years or so uh, after Solomon builds the, uh, the temple, um, Israel uh, gets carried off. And about 150 years or so after that, then Judah gets carried off and exiled to Babylon. And so uh, this, this is kind of where we are. We, we're about um, in the, the 500 to 700 B.C. before Christ's time frame. And so um, the, the events take place in Samuel and, King, in Samuel and Kings versus Chronicles, like I said, at about the same time. And so, but Chronicles is different. Chronicles, there's about a 50 to 60% overlap in the information between Chronicles and Samuel and Kings. And so a lot of the information is repetitive. And so uh, a lot of the stuff we're not going to go over. We're just going to go past because we've already covered it. <clears throat> But what's noticeable about Chronicles is that, first of all, it's written to the Jews that are coming out of Babylon, going back to resettle in Jerusalem. And so Chronicles has a more upbeat feel to it. Chronicles does not cover some of the details of the sins of the characters in, in, in Samuel and Kings. For instance, there's no mention in Chronicles of uh, what David did with Bathsheba. None whatsoever. And so there's a more intimate relationship, as we'll see, between David and Solomon as presented in Chronicles than it is in Kings. And so, you know, it's, um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a letter. Uh, it's a, 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 apparently, I guess, the Second Chronicles is the last book in the Hebrew Bible. And so it leaves on an upbeat note. It, it, it is uh, instilling hope into people and whatnot. And it is also chronicling their history from Adam 
to where they are. A lot of these, uh, a lot of the Jews that were in Babylon need to be educated on their history. They, did, they didn't know. And so Chronicles, as the title would uh, suggest, chronicles the history as in the genealogy going back to Adam to let them know and to let them understand that they were the chosen people of God. And so, again, their mission at this time is to resettle into Jerusalem for Babylon, and they have a monumental task at hand because Babylon, or because Jerusalem was in ruins. You know, the temple was destroyed. Jerusalem is in ruins. The wall was broken down by Nebuchadnezzar, as we found out in previous episode. The wall is the things that, that protect the city from uh, raiders and, and other issues. And so they had to rebuild the wall. They had to rebuild the temple. They had to rebuild housing. They had to do all sorts of things. And so they have this monumental task in front of them. And so Chronicles seeks to, you know, infuse them with hope and energy um, by giving them a history lesson and how things went bad and why things went bad in the past and why they should watch out for those things so that they don't reproduce themselves in the future. And so <clears throat> that's kind of the, uh, the thing, uh, you know, the difference between Samuel Kings and Chronicles. And like I said, a lot of the information um, is repetitive. And so we won't go over those sorts of things. And so I'll try to highlight just the differences as we go through. And so with that, let's uh, go into 1 Chronicles. And again, it, we're, we're going back to Adam. And so chapter 1, verse 1, it says, Adam, Seth, Enosh, and it's going through all the genealogy. And so chapter 1 goes through the genealogy. Chapter 2 talks about Israel's sons, Reuben, you know, Simeon, Levi, Judah, so on and so forth. Chapter 3 goes into David's descendants. <clears throat> Chapter 4, into Judah's descendants. And so we're just uh, going through the descendancies here. Now, one of the interesting things here in chapter 4, in Judah's descendants, in verse 9, it says, so. well, in verse 1 through, uh, through 8, it's just going through all of uh, the descendants of Judah. It's just listing them, Judah's sons, Perez, Hezron, so on and so forth. You know, Hela's sons, you know, Zareth, Zohar, and just going through. But in verse 9, it kind of takes a break. And it says, Jabez was more honored than his brothers. His mother named him Jabez and said, I gave birth to him in pain. I guess Jabez means pain. And so um, in verse 10, it says, Jabez called out to the, Lord of, uh, to the Lord God of Israel, If only you would bless me, extend my border, let your hand be with me, and keep me from harm so that I will not experience pain. And God granted his request. So God granted Jabez's request. And, uh, and then it starts going back through the genealogy. So it's like it takes this break from the GB, uh, genealogy, highlights Jabez, and then it goes back to the genealogy. That's just interesting. But this is the, what, what's called the prayer of Jabez. And uh, again, uh, if only you would bless me, extend my border, let your hand be with me and keep me from harm so that I will not experience pain. A lot of people uh, pray that the prayer of Jabez says the Lord heard him and granted his request. I don't know why, but he did. And then uh, chapter five goes into Reuben's descendants. And, you know, then we get into Benjamin's descendants and whatnot. And then we come to chapter nine. And then... Um, 
It says in verse 1, all Israel was registered uh, in the genealogies that are written in the book of the kings of Israel. So this right here shows us that the book of Chronicles was written after the book of the kings because the author of Chronicles is actually referencing the book of the kings because it says it right here. All Israel was registered in the genealogies that are written in the book of the kings of Israel. And so... <clears throat> The author, like I said, it's presumed to be Ezra, the prophet Ezra, but we don't know this. Uh, so he was referencing kings. And it says, but Judah was exiled to Babylon because of their unfaithfulness. Uh, the first to live in their towns on their own property again were Israelites, priests, Levites, and temple servants. And so you see the word says, the first to live in their towns on their own property again. See, so they're coming back. They're coming back from Babylon, back into uh, Judah, and they're resettling. And again, this is to give the people hope, that, 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 to show them that they have a mission, to show them that, no, God has not abandoned you, that this is part of the plan, and you're to come back and resettle. And so it goes on in chapter 10. It talks about the death of Saul and his sons, which we've already gone over, Um now, chapter 11 is interesting because um, it talks about uh, David's anointing as the king. And, uh, and so this isn't uh, reviewed in Kings or Samuel. And it, it talks about, in, starting in verse 10, the exploits of David's warriors. And so that's very interesting reading. I'm just going to read you know, a couple verses. It says, uh, the following were the chiefs of David's warriors who, together with all Israel, strongly supported him in his reign to make him king according to the Lord's word um, about Israel. This is the list of David's warriors. And then it goes on to list his warriors and their exploits. You know, it's, it's like uh, it's like something out of a movie, you know, and here is John. And John was responsible for, you know, tearing down this, that, and the other. So, um, so it's, it, it's, it's great theater, in my opinion. When you read through this, so I'm going to challenge you. I want you to read uh, chapter 11 in First Chronicles, starting in verse 10, and go through the end of the chapter. And it talks about David's mighty men and what they did. And then it keeps going on. It talks about David's first supporters who uh, supported him first. And uh, it says something interesting about Azacharites. Um, and it says, from the Azacharites in chapter 32 who understood the times and knew what Israel should do, 200 chiefs and their relatives under their command all joined David. And so back when David was still formulating his, 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 his um, kingship and, and, and people were going to be for him or against him, it says the Azacharites understood the times. In other words, they had a sense of what God wanted to happen, and they followed that sense, and they joined uh uh, King David. And so it goes on, it talks about David and the ark and how he brought it, you know, when he brought it back and how Micah, his wife, was not pleased at how he was dancing. And um, she didn't think he was dignified in what he was doing, bringing the ark back. And then it says, um, well, let me just read in chapter 16, verse one, they brought the ark of God and placed it uh, inside the tent. David had pitched for it. Then they offered burnt offerings and fellowship offerings in God's presence. Verse two, when David had finished offering the burnt offerings and the fellowship offerings, he blessed the people in the name of the Lord. 
Then he distributed to each and every Israelite, both men and women, a loaf of bread, a cake, uh, a date cake, and raisin cake. David appointed some of the Levites to be ministers before the ark of the Lord to celebrate the Lord of God of Israel, to give thanks and give praise to him. And it says, on that day, David decreed for the first time that thanks be given to the Lord by Asaph and his relatives. And then he he, he uh, pins this psalm of thanksgiving. And it says in verse 8, this is awesome. Give thanks to the Lord. Call on his name. Proclaim his deeds among the peoples. Sing to him. Sing praise to him. Tell about all his wondrous works. Honor his holy name. Let the hearts of those who seek the Lord, seek the Lord rejoice. Seek the Lord in his strength. Uh, seek his face always. Remember the wondrous works he has done, his wonders and the judgment he has pronounced. Uh, you offspring of Israel with his ser- you offspring of Israel, his servant, Jacob descendants, uh, his chosen ones. He is the Lord our God. His judgments govern the whole earth. Remember his covenant forever, the promise he ordained for a thousand generations. The covenant he made with Abraham, swore to Isaac and confirmed to Jacob as a decree and to Israel as a permanent covenant. I will give the land of Canaan to you as your inherited portion. When they were few in number, very few indeed, the resident aliens in Canaan, Canaan, uh, wandering from nation to nation and from kingdom um, to another, he allowed no one to oppress them. He rebuked kings on their behalf. Do not touch my anointed ones or harm my prophets. Let the whole earth sing to the Lord. Proclaim his salvation from day to day. Declare his uh, glory among nations, his wondrous works uh, among all peoples. For the Lord is great and highly praised. He is feared above all gods. For all the gods of all the peoples are idols, but the Lord made the heavens. Splendor and majesty are before him. Strength and joy are his place. Ascribe to the Lord, families of the peoples. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory of his name. Bring an offering and come before him. Worship the Lord in splendor of his holiness. Let the whole earth tremble before him. The world is firmly established. It cannot be shaken. Let the heavens be glad and the earth rejoice. And let them say among the nations, the Lord reigns. Let the sea and all that fills it, uh, let the sea and all that fills it resound. Let the fields and everything in them exalt. Then the trees of the forest will shout for the joy before the Lord, for he is coming to judge the earth. Uh, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. He is faithful love. His faithful love endures forever and say, save us God of our salvation, gather us and rescue us from the nations so that we may give thanks to your holy name um, and rejoice in your praise. Blessed be the Lord God's of it. Blessed be the Lord God's God of Israel from everlasting to everlasting. That is awesome. And so David pinned that as a psalm uh, of thanksgiving uh, as he was placing uh, the ark in the tent. Uh, And then we see that David had in his heart to build a temple for the Lord, but that was not for him to do. That was for uh, his son to do. And one of the things that we see uh, between um, uh, David and Solomon in Chronicles, again, is this intimacy that we really didn't get a picture of in Kings. And so... It says in uh, chapter 22 and verse 6, Then he summoned his son Solomon and charged him to build a house for the Lord God of Israel. Uh, Verse 7, My son, David said to Solomon, It is in my heart to build a house for the name of the Lord my God. 
But the word of the Lord came to me. Uh, you have shed much blood and waged great wars. You are not to build a house for my name because you have shed so much blood on the ground before me. But a son will be born to you. He will be a man of rest. I will give him rest from all the surrounding enemies uh, for his name will be Solomon. And I will give him peace and quiet to Israel during his reign. He is the one who will build a house for my name. He will be my son and I will be his father and I will establish I will establish the throne of his kingdom over Israel forever. Now, my son, may the Lord, this is David talking to Solomon. Now, my son, may the Lord God be with you and may you succeed in building the house of the Lord, uh, your God, as he said about you. And so we see that David is displaying a tenderness that we didn't see in uh, the previous book. And we go on and then uh, David commissions Solomon to, uh, to build a temple. He says in chapter 28, verse 9, as for you, Solomon, my son, know the Lord, uh, uh, know the God of your father and serve him wholeheartedly and with a willing smile for the Lord searches every heart and understands the intention of every thought. If you seek him, he will be found by you. But if you abandon him, he will reject you forever. Realize now that the Lord has chosen you to build a house for the sanctuary. Be strong and do it. And so, and that pretty much brings us to the uh, to the end of First uh, Chronicles. And like I said, there's a lot of uh, genealogy. You know, the first nine chapters are genealogy, and then from there on, there's a lot of uh, repetitive things that we've already um, uncovered in uh, you know uh, Samuel and Kings. Um, uh, but not everything is repetitive, and so you have to read through it in order to 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 pick that out. And so with that, we'll be done for today. And tomorrow we will pick up in Second Chronicles. Everybody have a blessed day. Bye-bye.